Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your man, Miles, with season three of Real Estate 360, the podcast. And in this first month, this month of September, we're focused on the foundation, if you will, for investors, really for anybody, but as it relates to investors and entrepreneurs. This month in particular, the foundation block or the cornerstone, uh, one might say, that we're discussing is insurance and how it plays in your life. And today, we've got an insurance and investment specialist with us. Her name is Nia Imani. All right. And we're going to have a real conversation about insurance and entrepreneurialism and the pitfalls, the ups, the downs, the good, the ugly, all that great stuff. And we're going to do that right after the intro. We'll be right back. Right, y'all we back we back we back and nia is here with us as you can see nia what's going on oh i'm good i'm good thank you so much for having me this morning well, thank you for taking the time to be here uh i wanted you here obviously for a long time we've been having this conversation about getting you here because i wanted you know through no fault of my own i must say i've wanted to have you know everybody's point of view uh, on this, you know, white, black, male, female, and it has been uh, very difficult to get, you know, the, the the female perspective on my on my podcast. So, you you are absolutely the first female um, in these three seasons. You really? Know, yes, you are, and it it is not because I haven't been trying. I promise you, it's it's a lot of, um, you know, I, I want to make sure that the the people that come on have something solid to uh, talk about. Yes, you have products. Yes, you have services that you provide. But I just, you know, I don't like I don't like the pitchy side of it. And I'm not saying only women do that by far. But getting the right information from the right people is so 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 very important to me because of the way I like to pitch information. You know, like I said, pitch information. Uh, to the people that are listening. And I believe in the fact that you have uh, a plethora of experience, a plethora of information. You're well-rounded in the things that you do and you hyper-focus on the things that you do. And I find that um, just, you know, more than commendable. So I know that the information yeah. that you have to share, the experiences that you have to share with this audience uh, will, will resonate. And, and that's why, you know, I've been hounding you for, you know, four or five months to get you on this show, you know, waiting until you got back in town and all that great stuff. So yeah. welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Now, let's dig right into this. You are absolutely an entrepreneur. You, um, you're, you're originally from California, right? Yes, I'm originally from Stockton, California, which is a small town. Um, many people have heard have not heard about it because it's you blink and it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I've heard about Stockton. That was um, before the the Great Recession. Uh, we had a lot, a lot of clients uh, from Stockton, California. I don't know, you know, exactly why. Because I mean, we marketed all around the country, but Stockton, California. Well, between Stockton and San Diego, believe it or not, was, was our largest California representation in our investment um, pool. But 
I mean, Stockton was, I mean, I remember real estate values just going through the roof out there for such a small city. I mean, they were bananas prior to 2008. I'd say between 05 and just before the crash in 08, I mean, there were home values there. I mean, your average home was $600,000. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, we were the foreclosure capital of the world. Mm -hmm. So um, around that time, you know, there was a lot going on. And I believe it was because of the um, the quick spike in values. And then, you know, people were cash out refinancing and getting over leveraged. So when the market dropped, you know, a lot of people lost their properties. Yeah. And, you know, it's just one of those things that kind of happened. You know, it happened through that that time period to a lot of people all around the country, all around the world. It was a wicked time. But since then, you know, in the 14 years since then, that, that rebuilding period was probably the first three, four years, probably three years. You know, we all had our ups and downs. We all went through, you know, a restructuring process through those, through those, through these past 14 years. And truly the way that we did business changed. I mean, yes. it, it changed forever, even through COVID. The way we do business now has even been modified. Look at what's happening mm-hmm. in the workplace. Um, look at the things that people focus on. Look at just, I mean, every aspect of our lives today. And us as entrepreneurs have to find a way to adapt to these kinds of things because, you know, you just get left behind. And if there's yeah. anything that COVID, I think, has shown us is that life is fragile in every way right people mm-hmm. were passing away um through covid related illnesses How, however one classifies that there's no denying that people were passing away at a very very rapid rate after having contracted you know uh, COVID, right yes and a lot of people were unable to to bury people, to have services for people. I mean, there there were more GoFundMe's than I think I've ever seen <laughs> through COVID. And that's solely because people weren't focused on one of the things I want to talk about here with you today, and that's insurance. Insurance mm-hmm. as a whole and all these different types of insurance that investors should have, people in general should have, but insurance as it relates to investors is a cornerstone I think of your financial existence. If you have a company, a corporation or an LLC where you have uh, partners or assets in general, Mm -hmm. insurance should be in place for that. You should have key man insurance, which is titled in number, you know, called a number of different things. Uh, If you have partners, I mean, I know for sure that there was a situation that, and I want you to speak on this, if you don't mind, there was a situation, someone I know, who was in a partnership with someone and that one of the partner passed away mm-hmm. and they had their operating agreement in place that says, you know, that the existed, the, the living member can buy out the family. You know, it, it wrote, it, it specified inside the operating agreement, how that was to be played out. Right. Okay. And the ownership, the, pre, the ownership of the, the partner that passed away went to the next of kin, which in this case was his wife, and the living partner had the opportunity to buy her out, but he didn't have the money. 
and and okay. they didn't have the insurance in place and he did not want to work with her and, and you know the business you know she wanted to do it but didn't know anything about it and was not really leaning on the partner that did have some experience she was operating from the information she heard uh her husband she had a job but right. of course she wasn't going to work so she said all right well i'm gonna operate this business this business is taking care of our lifestyle for real so mm-hmm. i'm just gonna do that but she didn't know anything about it and they wound up losing things because the living partner did not have the liquidity to buy her out. What are your thoughts on a situation like that? (laughs) The first thing is definitely know who you're doing business with and not just a primary person, but the family. Because in the event that something like that was to happen, you have to consider all costs, right? Not mm. just a monetary cost, mm. but the mental cost um, of having to deal with people that you may not necessarily get along with. And even in the operating agreement, going the extra mile, and I know this may seem excessive, is to even determine how that will happen. You know, surviving spouses or partners, or how do they incorporate in the business, or is the business just automatically dissolved? Um, in the event that something like that happens. So these are all things that unfortunately as first generation entrepreneurs, it is very difficult for us to have a blueprint or a roadmap because we've never done this before and don't have people who have gone before us to set an example. So the first thing that I would say is really, really, really consider the people that you're doing business with And then also, if anything was to happen to that person, what is the exiting uh, clause in regards to those circumstances? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and just to reiterate, what what kinds of insurances would a person going into a partnership like this be looking at acquiring? Not not to mention prices or anything like that, because that's always going to vary. Right. And Mm -hmm. some people, depending on their health, they're not going to be able to get it anyway, all right? right? So there are different things that they'd have to put in place, but, you know, what what do they, what would it, what do they look for? For someone who doesn't know, I mean, they're hearing this for the first time and they're saying, you know, well, uh, I'm just going to call it my state farm agent. So, right. You know, what, what are, what, what do they need to do? What are they looking for? Well, specifically, you had mentioned one of the key things for partnerships, which works really well, is the key man policy, right? So um, that will work out in the case that something was to happen to either one of the business partners, and then that policy will kick in and put in place, you know, different parameters that will unfold in regards to the agreement of that key man policy. Um, That is not culturally something that we typically are a part of or engage in, um, but it is one of those primary products that will really kind of eliminate some of the pressure off of the business in the event that there was something that happened to either one of the partners. So I would suggest keep a key man policy first and foremost, and then also, um, a term life policy with living benefits. So this is not necessarily in the event that someone passed, but 
um, heart attacks, strokes, cancers are very prevalent um, in our community. So you really want to uh, be mindful of, you know, um, if anyone had a heart attack, stroke, cancer, you know, that policy will kick into place and then you won't be pulling profits from the business to support that person while they're in the process of recovery. So there's a lot of different spin life insurance, but I think the key man policy and then term life with uh, living benefits is also one that's really high up there. And of course, whole life, we all know that, but um, just to kind of have, you know, two 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 birds in the hand or what have you uh however you want to uh reference that so i think that that those will be good uh suggestions and solutions for business owners so i didn't know i mean uh, term term life is uh something that one could and i know that's a, a more affordable option for sure Absolutely. and, and mm -hmm. it's still a policy that you can build on you know you, you start where you're at and then as you make more money you get additional policies right you increase your coverage uh, if someone had like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar policy, the living benefits pays out up to sometimes eighty percent of that policy of the value of that policy. Wow! And so that money can be used for um, cancer treatments. It could be used for dialysis. It could be used for any medical expenses that that particular partner may have. In addition to that, you know, like you said, once the income increases within the business. Um, you're able to increase the the value of the policy, so you can go from 250 to 500, and then you'll have access to that capital as well. So people don't know that life insurance in general is not just for benefits when you pass. These are living benefits that people could take advantage of right now. I think yeah, that's that's good, and I I'm pretty sure most people didn't know that. I mean, I actually just learned that as well um, <laughs> as it relates to the the term life. Um, living benefits. I, I didn't know that, mm -hmm. that, that that really even existed. Of course, I am not an insurance professional at all, <laughs> okay. uh, but I do I do understand the importance of having it. And uh, I, I wanted to kind of back up, you know, growing up uh, at the time in which we grew up, I think we have a generation, our generation, which kind of lost sight of insurance at all. Uh, when I was growing up, grandmothers would get insurance on their grandchildren, you know, if if for nothing more than just uh, the burial insurance, right? The, the final expenses, you know, 10 or $15,000 yeah. policy. And you had uh, insurance salesmen that would walk through neighborhoods, going door to door, mm -hmm. selling these 10, 15, $20,000 policies. And, um, you know, my parents, it was my grandparents that did those things. My my parents didn't even think about that, right? They didn't even think yeah. about it until they got older. And now we, uh, as you mentioned before, I mean, we, we are, this generation is more entrepreneurial than I think any generation before it. Uh, we as a culture have carved out you know, an enormous amount of wealth for ourselves. And that's really been typical in the, um, the, the black community for a long time. I remember a study being done and um, Ebony uh, had, had put that, this was in the 50s, early, mm -hmm. late 50s, early 60s, when the 
thought process about the back then the Negro community uh, that they didn't have money to spend was absolutely not the case but it was always what they spent the money on and once that study came out marketing efforts changed everything changed right or at least it started to change companies that wouldn't market to the black community started to market to the black community you know just all kind of different things started to roll financially at that point in time which which i'm pretty sure was one of the biggest reasons economically speaking that you know we saw such significant change over the course of the next 10 years in that particular place well now since i'd say the early 90s what we call the golden era of hip-hop mm -hmm. there has been such wealth amassed on this side of the equation that it has to learn you know we have to learn how to protect it and these processes that we're talking about are protecting it and the common misconception that a lot of people have especially when we talk about infinite banking because everybody that hears about it's like yeah i want to do that but it depends on who they're hearing it from because if you hear it from you know there are some companies that are only focused on people that have a certain net worth period and they search for that they market to those people and they go there but the reality of it is you know if you've got an extra two three four hundred dollars a month you can you can get one of these policies right now am i correct yeah so a couple things to unpack with the whole infinite banking thing um i think there's a huge misconception going around in the industry right now because a lot of professionals you know unfortunately are presenting the product as like this miracle manifestation of money mm -hmm. <laughs> you just get up infinite banking and you're going to be automatically wealthy and that's not true you know you do have to sow seeds into it in order to reap the benefit of the cash accumulation and you do not have to start at a very high amount that's another misconception and that's being told simply because it's a benefit for the professional i mean we get paid very well in this industry and the more people put in the more which is not necessarily completely serving the culture in its most authentic way. Because like you said, you can get somebody to start even at a $100, $200, $500. It's a staggered amount that you can even change over time as your income changes, as your um, finances grow, as your circumstances grow, you can grow into that policy and then it really become, you know, something that's huge and beneficial for you and your family. Because at the end of the day, you want to take advantage of the cash accumulation um, benefits of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but you also want to be modest in your contribution because, you know, sometimes people get in over their heads. I was at a party. Um, this weekend and a gentleman real estate investor pulled me to the side and he's like hey sis what you been doing I haven't seen you blah 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 so I was like yeah you know I have a, um, a insurance agency and everything now and he was like well tell me the details on this you know infinite banking because he had put some money in for himself and then he put money in for his children and he was like am I wasting my money so I just quickly explained to him that it takes time, you know, you have to allow the policy to mature and for the cash to accumulate over years. And with your babies, you know, I was like, did the 
person who sold it to you show you the illustrations, they should be well up in six figures by the time they reach a certain age. And this is how we create trust fund babies, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and there has been a lost art of preservation of our legacy. Right. So even back in the days, um, using real estate as an example, because you and I are both in the industry, even grandma and them bought land. They mm -hmm. bought houses, you know, um, people inherited different things. When the 2090s era came about, that kind of went by the wayside because you got, I mean, I've always been into building generational wealth and leaving a legacy, even before I knew what it was, 90s, 2000s, just intuitively. However, I'm a young grandmother, you know, and so not a lot of women, you know, coming up in my era that have grandchildren are even thinking about themselves, let alone building a legacy. So they're not buying property. They're not buying land. They're not getting life insurance. They're not even teaching their children these methodologies so that they can pass it on to their children. So it's just a lot. <laughs> you yeah, know, and yeah. my goal um, is to bring not just the trend of the education, because this has been a lifestyle for me for over 20 years, is the reality of making a legacy real, you know, living a legacy lifestyle, not just being a part of the trends, the fads, the conversations, mm -hmm. but actually doing the work in mm -hmm. order to make it happen. So mm -hmm. I know that was a lot. But you had mentioned a lot, so I just kind of wanted to co cover the culture, our history, yeah. um, the things that we can do, you know, uh, the possibilities with infinite banking, how important it is. But you also got to be realistic because, like I said, people are thinking, you know, it's just going to be like this miracle money overnight. They're millionaires when it doesn't quite work that way. You have to. Right sow a seed, and then you reap the harvest. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think that is obviously one of the most profound aspects of it, because if you're looking at social media, that's how they pitch it on social media, right? Mm -hmm. Any, anything to get the butts in the seats, right? So, right. Uh, but, but you're a thousand percent correct. High net worth individuals can go in there and they can drop, you know, a hundred thousand a year, quarter million a year, whatever that number is a year that they want to put into there and grow it. That is also uh, an insurance that can be built upon, right? You can have, um, you know, all kind of, you know, the education stuff you can have put in there for the children. You can have, um, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like care, late care for yourself, right? Uh, oh, long-term care. Long-term care. That's it. Long-term care. Uh, you can have this coupled with um, trust, different kinds of trusts this product can be put in. Because as you mentioned, you know, having generational wealth play out, I, I like to make the reference to the, the Rockefeller method as this, that is what this, it's not what it's called, but it's the, the most prevalent example that any of us can actually look at and see. You know, we're all familiar with the Rockefellers and the Rockefeller Center and the you know, the Rockettes and all these things that are from, you know, the Rock, uh, John D. Rockefeller, what he put in place. And of course, we know that, you know, he was one of the own from that era, those people that made 
the, the men who made America, that thing. He's, you know, one of the only ones, or his family is one of the only ones that stood up. But that's only because of the methods that we're discussing right now, coupled with trusts that were put in place to create, you know, this financial behemoth over the course of the last 150 years almost, right? And there's no sign of that um, uh, slowing down at all because of the way he's divvied up the money or had it divvied up over time. And the trustees are simply following the rules and regulations in which he and his attorneys put in place, you know, 120 years ago, 130 years ago when he actually put that thing in place. And mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're so correct, you know, putting away, let's just call it $5,000, $6,000 a year into this. Yes, if you have the right product, you're going to be earning, I don't know, 5 maybe 6% a year. And you'll have some investors, you know, <laughs> that will sit back and say, oh, man, we can get you more money than that. You don't have to. Yeah, but you don't, you're not going to give me the safety that this is. You're not going to give me the long-term thing that this is going to give me, the benefit long-term that this is. I'm not going to be very, I'm not going to be, you know, in two, three, five years when I want to borrow against it, it's going to be more, you know, I still have to go over here and fill out applications and do all this other stuff. Whereas here, all I have to do is wave this piece of paper in front of the banker because it's guaranteed money, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even have to necessarily pay myself back if I don't want to, but I can. Right. Uh, right. You know, and, and all these things are great. I also wanted to go back and mention, you know, you had said something about what mothers and grandmothers did back in the day. Mm-hmm. You focus a lot, you know, in, in your company, Fabulous Life International, uh, on educating women <laughs> and, you know, women of, of all ages, young mothers, grandmothers, single um, mothers, women that aren't mothers at all. I mean, just women on all levels. Uh, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, because I know you work with you know, everybody, but you focus, I, I believe, on educating women on these things from wherever they're at, right? You're not pushing a product or a service, but from wherever they are is where you start with them individually yeah. and then grow them from there. Is that correct? Absolutely. And sometimes that starts with the heart. Sometimes that starts with the mind. Sometimes that starts with the vision, you know, because a lot of times as women, we have all these huge goals and dreams and things that we want to accomplish. But we also have, you know, sometimes a past that has not allowed us to necessarily operate at a certain level. And so our mission is to teach women how to build generational wealth by elevating her higher self. Because at the end of the day, you got to know who you are. You got to know what you stand for. You got to know your value. You have to know your purpose of what you're called to do in this world on behalf of yourself and on behalf of your children. And if you don't know where to start, you know, our goal is to help you kind of create a customized blueprint to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And so once you actually come into the community, and then that's when we, are able to do a success strategy session and pretty much see, you know, what 
is going to resonate with you the most? Is it mindset wellness? Is it vision manifestation? Is it legacy planning? And then we allow people and the women that we serve to take the path that is most relevant at that particular time mm. and then allow them to grow into who they are becoming. Mm. That's what's up. I mean, I, I truly think, I mean, and there's all kind of different perspectives, you know, again, um, you know, you watch a lot of social media, even the news today, right? They talk about, uh, you know, the, in, in different ways, you know, they'll talk about initially it started off as this whole toxic masculinity thing. And now they're talking about toxic femininity and, and, and all these, you know, crazy terms. Of course you have extremes from one side to the other on every side of the aisle. Cause there's a million different sides to, to look at. But when we're just talking about, you know, the male and the female thing, I find it a little confusing as a man um, mm -hmm. to, to see men not wanting to step up, right? Uh, and, and I say this to say there's a lot of men that are looking for women to lean on, especially where, where, where we, we live, right? They say, oh, you got a place, you got a car, you got a career. I'm going to latch on to you. And for whatever reason, some of the, those relationships seem to be kind of uh, prevalent, you know, in certain circles. And and I'm like, well, 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 man, why don't you step up? But instead of complaining about her success, she's always at work. She's always doing this. She's always, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Well, she's hustling. This is what she wanted to do. And she's with you because she wants to be with you. But you also have to step up to the plate and do you. Do your thing, you know, your success, her success doesn't negate your ability to succeed. Right. But yeah, from your experience with, you know, pull it into your life if you want to. But from the women that you deal with, from your life, you know, is, is that something that you say? I know that you hang around a lot of successful people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't see or haven't even partaken in some of those situations at some point in the past. And as a man, I simply don't understand that mentality. I understand maybe being in a bad situation right now, but I also understand getting up and working yourself out of it and developing relationships and working, working within the relationships that you have to get ahead. Not complaining about what your woman is doing or not doing, your significant other is doing or not doing. That is just the craziest thing to me. And I don't understand how yeah. that is toxic femininity. I don't, I don't get it. Well, <laughs> that's probably another podcast. <laughs> However, um, my marriage was like that. <laughs> yeah, my marriage was like that. And that took a toll on me mentally. It took a toll on me physically. And that's another reason why the mindset wellness piece is so imperative, mm -hmm. not just from my own personal experience, Fortunately, God allowed me to go through it so that I know what it feels like. I know what it looks like. I know what it should be. And I know what it could be. Right. So, again, you heard me say we teach women how to build generational wealth by elevating her higher self. Yes. Because in those situations, you get confused and you're like, well, am I too much? Am I too bossy? Am I too ambitious? Am I too focused? Am I too this? Because all you're hearing is the negative 
parts about you, about your get up and go, about your hustle, about your um, ability to make shit happen. Mm -hmm. Excuse my language. Um, and it's like, you feel like you got to apologize for being you. Sometimes you want to shrink because that becomes confrontational versus celebrational. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's why I brought it up, right? I brought it up for that reason, because as, as we're building collectively, individually, you know, these interpersonal relationship issues can come up or they will come up in, in some way, shape or form. And which is the only reason I bring it up because people need to work together. You know, relationships, because we all have them. We all, however you want to identify the relationship, you have to be able to communicate. I mean, I've seen business partners that communicate better than they do with their significant others. You know, because they they know everything about each other because they're doing their business the right way, right? You know, they know, oh man, I did this, I said this, and it got us in this situation, good or bad. But that doesn't necessarily yeah. resonate on the other side of the equation in their actual um, personal relationships, right? Their emotional yeah. relationships. But to me, there's really no difference. I mean, there's obviously a, a difference, but there's no difference in the way that you should verbally communicate. Uh, with one another and, and the information that you should share. And when we're so often as entrepreneurs, we are, we feel alone in, in what it is we're doing. We feel alone, uh, whether it's an up season or a down season, you know, we feel alone. But I think that we, in most cases, not in every case, but we choose that feeling. We choose to segment ourselves because we don't think that other people can understand what we're going through. Whether, you know, we're with someone or we just decide to be a hermit and I'm going to stay in the house. I don't want to deal with anybody. But that's a choice we make because I know affluent people that are extremely happy with their life and, in, in, and just enjoying the fruits of their labor and sharing it with other people, whether it's significant others or children or just their friends, you know, they're just enjoying their lives. But the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur can put you in a, in a box. It can put you there. And it's really easy to find yourself in that box. I know I have. I mean, I was there for the past four or five months. No, no BS. I was there for the past four or five months. I had to say, you know what? Uh, this is what it is. I can't change it, but I can change my response to it. Yes. And 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 focus and that's on pretty that. much where I am. Um, you know, I, I'm single. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's really simply because of my past experiences. It's not that I'm bitter. It's not that I'm you know, lost hope in love or right. what have you, but I just find myself healthier, happier, mm -hmm. uh, more fulfilled, whole, when I'm operating in an unobstructed environment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's not for everybody. Um, 
However, I have been around a lot of other successful women. You know, you have alluded to it earlier, but yes, I see dysfunctional relationships. Yes, I see people being caught up in the, you know, um, the society standards of, you know, you gotta be in a relationship in mm. order for your life to be complete. Or sometimes society is not even saying it, that's just their own mind, you know, have made up this perception of what, you know, completeness is. But what I've discovered over the years is that, you know, we all get to write our own story. Mm -hmm. We all get to take our own path. Um, and that path has to be most meaningful for you, you know? And if you look back at your previous experiences with relationships, um, you know, at some point you got to say, okay, let me do something different so that I can, you know, just kind of continue this growth um, mindset that I have. And we got to understand, I did a, a reel about this the other day, and I asked the question, is your bloodline behind? Mm. And it's so relative in regards to this conversation with you, because we're talking about life insurance. We're talking about building generational wealth. We're talking about leaving a legacy for our family. But your bloodline could be behind by the choices you made, the choices you didn't make the chances you didn't take, you know, just the opportunities that were available to you, but because sometimes you're not necessarily focused, you're not um, clear on what your mission is, you will miss more moments than you will by getting centered, getting balanced, understanding what is a priority, and then being able to build your personal life upon that, and then, incorporating relationships as they come into play mm. and as they contribute to the plan, the overall plan that you have already laid out and not chisel at the dream. Mm. Because some people do that. And you gotta be able to create the boundaries to say, not on my watch, not today. Maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, hell, maybe even 10 months ago, but not today. Mm, you know what because I just think you my did? My bloodline is already behind. You know what I think you just did? <laughs> I think uh -huh. you just, I think you just summed up your, you know, you just said, okay, I'm a, a woman who's an entrepreneur. Here's, here's my journey and here's my realization. I think that's what you just said to me. Yeah. Exactly. And it was a long, hard road. You know me personally. Yeah. You know I've been through it all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I've come to the conclusion that my bloodline is behind and I'm not okay with that. That's right. Because of the choices that I made. Because of the choices that I didn't make. Because of the chances that I didn't take. So I'm holding myself a thousand percent accountable Actually, I have a family meeting with my children today. We have a family meeting every Tuesday mm -hmm. to get them on track to where they need to be. Because mm -hmm. I do understand in our first meeting, I apologize to my children for the things that I did or mm -hmm. didn't do to contribute to paving the way for them. Because that's exactly what we need to be like really mindful of that everything that we're doing 
happening right now is going to be a seed of greatness or it's going to be a rock of emptiness. And I'd rather be planting seeds of greatness. And when you know better, you got to do better. We can't keep making excuses about what didn't happen and all these other things. Like we have to take a stand and do something different. And that's going to be including bringing our children into the nucleus so that we can have our own kitchen table conversations about money, mm -hmm. about trading, about investing, about real estate, about how do you feel today? What do you, my daughter always starts our meetings off with, what are you grateful for? My 19 year old, sometimes he don't have a lot to say, but we encourage him, you know, to contribute to the conversation because that's what it's about. That's exactly right. And I, mean, I want I'll, more people to be mindful of that. That's right. In my house, we, we, we have and have had what I call Money Mondays. And, uh, you know, when I was rebuilding, you know, I was, I was raising my children, right? I was yeah. me, just me, single dad raising, and we, would you know come up with a meal plan every week because we had a finite amount of money at the time we would go out together and hand out flyers knocking on doors you know handing out the flyers to buy the houses so when when people today say that i spoil my children i'm like no they they earned that they earned all of this mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if it wasn't for their help it wasn't if it wasn't for how we communicated with one another you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what that path looks like. Right. All I know is what the path looks like that we were on together when we were packed into that little tiny, yeah. that little tiny car, you know, balled up in the back seat. They were knocking on doors, putting flyers in grocery stores, going to dry cleaners. You know, when they would just be out there talking real estate, kids, little kids talking real estate. My mm -hmm. dad's right there. You, you might want to talk to him. And, and that has everything to do with what you just said, having those conversations with your children, with your family, making sure that they understand it's not that we can't afford it, but this is where we are right, right now today. This is what we have to do tomorrow, right? So we have to plan these things out. And here's how we can do that together. Those are the most important things and the truly, truly the building blocks for a financially successful family. So I commend you with yeah. that for sure. And because now it, that's trickling down to your grandchildren because you work with uh, mm -hmm. your daughter, right? You have some, some business dealings with your daughter, right? Yeah, she's an agent, a life insurance agent, a real estate agent, and a loan officer. Mm. And those are all paths that I've taken. I started as a loan officer in 2000. Mm. Yeah. That's what it <laughs> so is. So it's been a, a while, you know, but she was raised in the business. I did I didn't, you know, bring them in like, oh, I want you to take this path or whatever. It was just kind of intuitively leading them and um by example and showing them the way. Um and a lot of it was because I was a single mom, you know, for many, many years. And I didn't allow that to be an excuse. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, so you guys gotta go to the seminars. You gotta got you guys gotta go see properties. You know, and now my daughter, you know, she's doing the same things with my granddaughters. They mm -hmm. know credit. They know they know how to do a commercial about, you know, telling 
um, people what their mom does, the six-year-old and the two-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, my six-year-old granddaughter, she just started first grade and the first day of school, you know how they do like a little um, board and my daughter said, well, what do you want to be, you know, when you grow up? And she's like, I want to be a real estate owner. Right. And my daughter texted me. She was like, did you hear what Diari said? I'm like, of course I heard what she said. Like, yeah. what? What did you think? I mean, I know her teacher is probably going to be a little taken <laughs> back. Like, okay. Um, <laughs> but you know what? These are, these, this is, these are the seeds that you planted years ago. Yes. Right? Um, yes. And those are seeds that were planted in you by your parents years ago. No. And, I mean, something, no. something entrepreneurial came out of that. Out of that connection, something yeah, well, entrepreneurial. But, well, what what happened in me was I was always I was a part of the environment. I was a part of the circumstances. You know, mm. the dope boys, the teenage mom dropped out of school at sixteen, um, domestic violence, all of that. But inside of me, I was different. I was different. I was just in that atmosphere because that's what I was raised around. Mm. So the influence that I was born into is what inspired me. It wasn't a parent. Actually, the streets raised me. Mm. It wasn't a parent. It was me saying, this ain't it for me. Mm. I'm not raising my children in low-income housing. I'm not I'm going to live my life on Section 8. I'm not going to, you know, be in this lifestyle forever. And one day, I just made a decision that I wasn't going to do it anymore. And I literally went homeless to get away from my children's father and never looked back. Now, see that. So it was, it was life. Yeah. See, now that's, that that's powerful. That that's, that's powerful. That's, that's what. That's inspiring to anybody, you know, who hears it. That's that's real life, you know what I'm saying? And that's real honesty about um, just everything, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that that's real. That's real. So when people are hearing you talk, they're not hearing yik yak. You know, they're not hearing superficial stuff. What you're, what you're saying to them are things you've already been through, you know, what you're what you're yeah. listening to them tell you you've already been through that you know so you have insight into it and you understand the courage the struggle the strength that it takes to stand on your own two feet regardless of where you came from regardless of where you currently are because you can see where you're going yes. you can see what other people can't see you saw it yeah you saw it yeah you saw it and it was something, like you said, that was in you. And I can relate to that because, you know, I don't come from entrepreneurs either. I come from, you know, a single parent household who had two, three jobs all the time. You know what I mean? Right. But um, I just, you know, every time I talk to you and we get into a deeper, deeper conversation, I learn more and more about you. And that is truly an inspiring situation. I can't even, you know, uh, I will be making shorts out of that for sure. So you know, <laughs> we're going to make sure that um, these things get shared because I think that people need to truly understand not only how we're, we're talking about entrepreneurialism and, and insurance as it relates to that, these cornerstones, but what you're touching on is 
the belief in yourself that goes further than your current understanding of yourself. Yeah. And that is Absolutely. that is divine. You know, that is nothing but divinity. I don't care how you categorize it, that's divinity. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There is no explanation for it because everything did not align for me to become who I am. It was the complete opposite. Mm. The complete opposite. And so, you know, I don't think people really understand that about me because I don't really talk a lot of, about where the vision comes from. And I, I used to when I first started, but I haven't lately, you know, um, but I feel like it's so important because like I said, so many of my counterparts are coming from a place of jumping on a trend or you know, motivated by the money. And of course, we all want to build wealth. We all want to be successfully, um, you know, stable financially, right? But at the end of the day, you got to be able to relate to the pain of the people and then also incorporate the purpose and the prosperity aspect of it as it breaks chains for real not just because it's in a song, like you gotta be intentional about, cause this chain that was on me could easily have been passed down to my children. And so one of the things that I say when I teach, I'm committed to breaking chains of poverty, prison and pain. And there's so many other things that I could do and have done, but that's my focus and that's my drive. Like you won't get my boys, you won't get my daughter. Mm. Like if nobody told me, that doesn't give me an excuse not to tell them. And I believe that a lot of people are resting on adults our age and in our generation about what they don't know. It does not matter. Seek the information, mm. ask questions, um, listen to podcasts, you know, so that you can be knowledgeable about the information that you want to teach to your children because at the end of the day i want to be like the old school era i live for moments to put myself in position where my grandchildren will be like you know what love she was a legend mm. she made sure we had knowledge she made sure we had property she made sure we had an inheritance like that's what i live for and that's what i'm determined to do mm -hmm. so even being invited as a guest on the show yes yeah, about life insurance but it's also about living a legacy lifestyle yes and, and what the life insurance represents life insurance represents opportunity if you see it from that perspective you will not see it as a bit mm -hmm. that's right and it isn't it isn't a, a liability it's a it's a 100% asset, you know, it's yeah. an absolute asset class. So it's just, you know, you have to make sure you're getting the right one, right? The right one. Yes. And if you're getting the right ones, I mean, they're all assets to a certain extent, but if you're getting the right mm -hmm. ones, they are truly, truly going to help deliver your family from where you're taking them to, to the next level, provided you're giving them 
the education, the, the cornerstone, the building blocks to start two, three steps above where you start, right? Yeah. And that's what oh, you're yeah. doing. I mean, they, you know, that's that's exactly what you're doing. I think that's what we're all doing. Or at least yeah. working towards I, anyway. So um, what I would suggest that people see these two policies just very clear. So term policies, I call those legacy funds, right? A legacy fund is an opportunity for you to have a low cost entry, which is going to give you maximum benefits. In the event something happens to you, your children, your grandchildren will obtain 250, 500,000, a million dollar policy. Very straightforward. You have your living benefits. If you have an unexpected heart attack, stroke, cancer, you'll be able to take money out and be able to manage your household expenses or medical expenses while you recover. That's powerful. I have a girlfriend in California. She's she just turned 50 and she has cancer. And the sad part about it, and I'm going to tell this story because it needs to be heard. She she was one of those people that would get her policy and then let it last. Get her policy and then not pay the bill, you know. And when she got cancer, she called me to get another policy. I'm like, sis, it's too late now. You can't like get a policy and you already have, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. taking on this, you know, illness. And so at that moment, you know, it's like, wow, she really forfeited her opportunity to be able to have access to that money to sustain her business. She's a single mom, an entrepreneur. So I just really want people to be mindful of that. You know, not the legacy fund is going to put you in position when you pass and then also living benefits as well. Your whole life, IULs, see that as a cash accumulation account. Very simple. Cash accumulation account, you put money in, your money is going to um, compound interest. Um, so in the long run, you'll eventually have more than what you put in and you'll be able to access those funds for personal loans. Um, you can you know, leverage it many different ways, sometimes even as collateral for other type of business opportunities and things like that. Um, so legacy fund, cash flow accumulation account, get both. Get both. That's my suggestion. Now, how can people get in contact with you after they see this and say, look, I have to find a way to work with this woman. How do I get a, how do I get in a, a hold of her? Okay, well, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, primarily Instagram, Fabulous Life International, and that's Fabulous Life International. You'll see me, and you'll see our mission statement, and you can connect with me there. If you do come there, just uh, DM cons uh, consultation, and we'll go ahead and set up an appointment. I like to meet with everyone, just see where you are so we can get you where you want to go, or you could text um consultation to 1-800-587-0443 and that's 1-800-587-0443 and you can text consultation and we'll respond and get you on a calendar so that we can you know just start your journey towards building generational wealth well nia look thank you so very very much 
for your time. I know that we went a little longer than, than we, uh, we said we were going to go, and I kind of knew that that was going to happen, but that's okay <laughs> because the information, uh, not just about the insurance, but about you and, and your journey and, and all the other things we touched on, I truly feel that the people that are going to watch this and listen to this and see the shorts that are going to be made out of a lot of what you said, I think they're going to get a lot of a lot out of a lot out of that. I think that people will see a lot of themselves in what you had to share uh, with the listening audience today. So truly, thank you for opening up uh, with with me, with the audience, uh, and, and sharing, you know, such uh, personal and important things. Because everybody goes through those things, but not everybody's willing to share that journey, share that path. And so thank you so very much. Thank you for your time. And yes. listen, everybody, reach out to her. You know what to do. This is your man, Miles. Make sure that you're putting these things, things together in your life and you're doing it with people that actually care about what you're going through. And then it's not about a dollar, as Dina mentioned, because for yeah. so many people, it really can be. So don't let that be for you. Work with the people that you enjoy to be around and go from there. This is your man, Miles. Peace. Thank you, Miles. Thank you. Bye, everybody.